Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available on iTunes, it is available on SoundCloud, and also available on Stitcher, and the Roger Hoover Podcast is proud to be part of the River City Rogue Podcast Network for the best local blogs, vlogs, and podcasts on sports culture and entertainment. Head to RiverCityRogue.com. Bold views from the bold city and beyond. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. Great to be with you on this Friday, August 12th, 2016. I'm recording from the home radio booth here at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville, but I'm Roger Hoover, and welcome to this edition of the podcast. We only have 24 games left to go in the regular season for the Jacksonville Suns, who really need to have a strong surge to get more in the playoff conversation. But right now, 24 games left to go, only 14 home games left in Jacksonville. It's kind of crazy how quickly the season is starting to fly by. Uh, This month of August, sometimes it goes either one or two ways. It either flies by or really uh, goes along slowly, just kind of depending on the year you're having. And even though the Suns aren't necessarily in the postseason, mix and it usually flies by when the team is winning and playing very well but even with the Suns not necessarily being in the mix just the last few weeks have really gone by quickly and I know it's been a while since we've had our last podcast that featured our conversation with Joe Nathan but wanted to get back on the podcast this week even if I am battling a little bit of a cold. But wanted to play this interview with Derek Henry the first Heisman Trophy winner we've ever had appear on the podcast Derek Henry joined me on the Suns Baseball Network for about an inning and a half. We had a really good conversation during bobblehead night for Derek Henry. He also got to throw out the first pitch here at the baseball grounds back in mid-July against Pensacola, but still a pretty timely conversation. He's getting ready for his first season in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans. Been a very busy few weeks, as I mentioned. The Suns continue to roll along. It's also interesting that the presidential election continues to roll along as well, and Donald Trump seemingly always in the headlines. And last week, I had the opportunity to attend a Donald Trump rally, and I didn't have to go very far at all to attend the rally because last Wednesday they had a rally at the Jacksonville Veterans Memorial Arena, and it was Donald Trump in person, and Got tickets through the Republican Party of Jacksonville. Just curious, just wanted to watch his speech. And then kind of wanted to speak with some members of the media and really get their thoughts on what it's like covering Donald Trump for this event. And applied for media credentials and somehow got in. I do have a media credential from that rally. And it's very different than getting a media credential for a sporting event where... You have a meal provided, you have all these kind of notes, and you get ready for the game, clear seat to watch all the action. Then you get to have the post-game interaction with the coaches and the players. That wasn't like that at all for the Donald Trump rally. All it was basically was you got access to a portion of the floor where there were some tables set up and you're able to watch the speech they had wi-fi provided for you and then they had a huge camera platform and a lot of different stations were going live local stations in jacksonville and then you had cameras that were feeding nbc news cbs abc fox news cnn all kinds of news outlets and a lot of reporters doing stand-ups and that was basically it no paperwork uh, available on the campaign or anything like that uh and and it started off almost as a joke to apply for the media credentials 
but it worked and I used the podcast to help me get me in there and also the good folks at rivercityrogue.com. So thanks, Manzi. Thanks, Miller. But I got in and I wanted to schedule some interviews with uh, a couple of reporters that are covering the campaign for NBC News. And one of my requests was unanswered and also one was shut down by NBC News. So unfortunately, didn't record an interview, but did sit in, uh, talk to some people early before the rally began. Sat and listened to a few of the speeches and also heard Donald Trump, who was scheduled to start at 7 o'clock. Eventually, he spoke at around 7.40, I think, is when he first started to speak and was had regular seats in the seating bowl. My girlfriend came over from St. Augustine, so I sat with her and we were able to watch the speech, and it was very, very long. I think what struck me about his speech at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland two weeks earlier was just how long it was. And, of course, this was a big platform, the Republican National Convention speaking to a national audience, and uh, I think he really tuned people out with how long it was. So I didn't expect that this rally, his second of the day, had just been in Daytona Beach earlier that afternoon. I didn't think he would speak for nearly that long, but my goodness, he took forever. Forever. And again, this is all politics aside. This is just looking at the communications aspect of it. And he took forever with his speech. It was He hit his points early. Um talked about building the wall and you know what he's going to do economically although it wasn't as detailed as the economic speech he had on Monday earlier this week Um, went after Hillary Clinton a little bit went after Barack Obama a little bit uh, went after the media that was probably the most uncomfortable part of the speech for me was the way that he basically pointed to where that little area where I was talking about where all the media members were sitting and just kept saying they're disgusting people and maybe they have an inferiority complex. Uh, really did not like hearing that, but uh, it was his normal spiel. It was all the same cliches you've heard again, the different points he goes to in his campaign. And even a lot of people who covered the speech said that he mainly stuck to his points in the speech, which really surprised me when I heard that later. But he was basically able to continue his stump speech but my goodness, it was long. It was rambling. The arena was full, uh, except for parts of the arena floor, which they probably just had to cut off because you didn't want to have overcrowding on the floor. But uh, all around the stage was packed. And then pretty much every seat downstairs, they didn't have the upper area open or the suite level open, but every seat was full, uh, especially the section I was in. Every single seat was accounted for. It was kind of work to make sure I saved my girlfriend a seat, but uh, it it was very well attended and people were fired up for Trump's speech, but then he went so long, a lot of people left early before the speech was completely done. And if I'm a politician, that is the last thing I want to happen. He was tuning out his own base. And it almost reminded me of people who talk about, well, people are bored at baseball games because you see people just nonstop on their phones during a baseball game. And when I go to a baseball game as a fan, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. Now, a lot of it is kind of reading tweets about the game I'm attending, especially if it's a playoff game or a major league game. But you had people constantly on their phones and kind of just not paying attention to what he was saying. So I found all of that pretty fascinating, the fact that he went for just so long and people were tuned out to the point that they were leaving this rally before he could really have a big finish and really uh, have a big send-off. So it was it was different. Uh, they played the Rolling Stones about six or seven of their songs over and over again, getting ready for the 
rally to begin in between the speakers from Northeast Florida and Donald Trump's main address. And I'm still flabbergasted they use You Can't Always Get What You Want as the song they play right after he ends. I thought it worked okay in Cleveland. Well, maybe. I, I don't know about that. It has a good conclusion, but if you try sometimes, you get what you need. But it just repeats over and over again. You can't always get what you want. I, I don't know. I don't know who on Trump's team keeps approving it, or maybe it's the Donald himself. But all in all, very interesting event. Uh, the crowd was very interesting as well. A lot of people, of course, fired up. Uh, and like you've probably heard about with some Trump rallies, there were some things said that uh, even made me uncomfortable just with some of the anger and some of the rhetoric a lot of people were using and not even it's not even rhetoric a lot of it is just kind of hateful type speech but it was interesting it was interesting to watch uh first time in a long time i've seen a political candidate especially when he's at least at the nominee level uh when i was growing up i saw george hw bush speak a couple of times saw bob dole give a campaign stump speech basically from a plane when he was pretty far along in the election process in 1996 uh, saw George W. Bush make a speech at the Tri-Cities airport uh, in support of a lot of the midterm elections in the year 2002 but this speech was definitely different and uh, I think a lot of people left it fired up but I think a lot of people were just tired <laughs> that's the main thing I got from his Jacksonville rally where he started late and then he tuned people out with how long his speech was. And I mean, you just, it was hard to keep up with for even the most hardcore Donald Trump supporters. So, very interesting to see that Donald Trump last week in Jacksonville. Following that, had a quick road trip to Chattanooga, where the Suns took three out of five games against the Chattanooga Lookouts. Had a good time there and had some great conversations with the Southern League Hall of Famer Larry Ward. And we'll try and get him on the podcast when the Lookouts come back to town later on this August. And now back in Jacksonville, getting ready for another game tonight between the Suns and the Mississippi Braves. Braves right now in first place, and they are playing really great baseball. They've won seven games in a row. They won last night's opening game of the series 2-0 over the Jacksonville Suns. But baseball and really its most exciting part of the season in the Southern League, getting near the end of the second half and getting closer to the playoffs. And the Suns, again, have a lot of work to do. 24 games left to go. They are seven and a half games back of Mississippi. A lot of people's minds also on football. We're about three weeks away from college football starting. Uh, less than that for the Tennessee Volunteers, my alma mater, uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, a team I do a lot of work with as well. They're getting set to go to take on USC in Dallas coming up in about 22 days. So we really are getting close to the start of college football season. The NFL had preseason games. Jacksonville Jaguars played their first one last night against the New York Jets. So a lot of excitement in Jacksonville about what should be a very good Jaguars season. And we'll have a nice detailed Jaguars preview before their regular season kicks off coming up in a few weeks. But with football on the brain, wanted to play this conversation with Derrick Henry again. We had a Derrick Henry bobblehead night, and the first 1,000 fans through the gates received a Derrick Henry bobblehead wearing his Uli High School uniform. Uli located just north of Jacksonville, and he's doing the Heisman pose. 
They did a really good job with the bobblehead, and fans were completely lined up before the event began. A lot of Alabama Crimson in the house. The Jacks Bama Club was here. A lot of people were fired up to receive their Derrick Henry bobblehead, and it was a lot of fun to catch up with Derrick, who last year had about as close to a dream college football season as you can have, winning the Heisman Trophy with Alabama, the SEC Championship, and also helping Alabama defeat Clemson in the National Championship game in the college football playoff to win the Crimson Tide 16th National Championship. So pretty cool to see that for Derek last year, winning the Heisman Trophy. He gave a wonderful address in New York and also a second-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. And at some point, he'll get to come back to Everbank Field here in Jacksonville and play in front of a lot of friends and family. But he was just across the street from Everbank Field in mid-July, and now we play this conversation with Derek Henry. Roger Hoover now joined by a Heisman Trophy winner, a native of Uly, Florida, and now a member of the Tennessee Titans, Derek Henry, who's with us on the radio. Derek, how are you tonight? Doing good. Glad to be here. And he threw out the ceremonial first pitch on your bobblehead giveaway night. Uh, how exciting was it to get here and see all the fans of the bobbleheads all throughout the seats? Man, it was good. You know, uh, home hometown crowd. A lot of people showed up. You know, and just just thankful that they did. There's uh, a, a great atmosphere for the game too, as well. Absolutely. This Wahoos at the plate in this top of the third inning. And now, have you been to many Suns baseball games? First time here? Uh, I came to like three when I was a kid. You know, that was a cool thing. Either it was a Jaguar game or a Suns game. You know, you know, a lot of kids at schools always talk about how they went to a game. And I was able to make it out to some when I was a kid. Taylor Sparks, a high deep drive into left field and running over from left center field as Alex Glenn will make the catch in the left center field gap. So one gone. Now, did you play much baseball growing up? Yeah, I actually played a uh, little league growing up. Baseball was my number one sport until I got to middle school and we didn't have baseball. So I kind of like felt, felt out the love for it. And it was always was football, basketball, and track. Uh, especially uh, did so well at Uly High School in football, and we got to see some of the highlights earlier. I mean, you were just you were basically the biggest guy on the field. It felt like at times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was uh, I was I was blessed, and you know, but I had great teammates that helped me have success back in high school. Now we see Sebastian Elizalde at the plate takes the first pitch for a strike. A four nothing Wahoos lead. We're in the top of the third, visiting with Derrick Henry. And what do you think of the bobblehead? I, think, I th- thought I did a good job. They missed a little bit of, of gold in the back of my, of my hair, but it was a, a pretty good job. My high school jersey, pants, and, and, and the hair. So overall, it did it pretty good with the bobblehead. Now, how much have you been able to get home uh, since you won the Heisman, won the national championship with Alabama, and, of course, got drafted by the Titans? First of all, this is into left field, running over Austin Dean, quickly two gone here in the top of the fourth. How well, much have you been home? Uh, uh, I've been trying to get home as, as much as I can. You know, it's hard just uh, making the transition, trying to get acclimated and figure out find somewhere to stay and stuff like that. But whenever I try, whenever I can get home, I get home. And when they told me about back in February about the Suns wanting to do this, and you know, I was very excited for it. And I was all for it. You know, this is like my hometown. So anytime I can come back and just visit with everybody, it's always good. I'm sure it's been great to see a lot of uh, people you know from Yuli here tonight and also a lot of Crimson in the stands as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of Crimson. I even heard them chant roll top roll. Thought that members. <laughs> That's got to be exciting. What yeah. eventually led you going to Alabama? Because I know at one point you had committed to Georgia, Georgia but you know, made the choice to go to Tuscaloosa. You know, uh, when I made to, uh, the commitment to Georgia, you know, I just felt like I'd done it for the wrong, re- the wrong reasons. So my junior year, I uh, decommitted and wanted to reevaluate my uh, – 
my uh, my options. And then all it came down to, I feel like Bama was the best fit for me. I love Coach Saban. I love the way they played. And I love this the way Bama was as a team. Absolutely. Brandon Dixon just had a solo home run over the left field wall. He's now hit two homers tonight for the Blue Wahoos, and now they're leading by a 5 nothing score. Now they'll send Juan Duran to the plate. Well, just what was the transition like going from playing high school football? You've been a high school All-American at Uly, but you go to Alabama, you're going up against the very best of the very best when you first hit the practice field. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was definitely a, a big transition. Just going from high school into college, you know, everybody on the team was that guy in high school uh, that was uh, that was on the team. So it was a uh, it was a tough transition at first, but once I got used to it and got acclimated, uh, it started smoothing out, it started getting easier, and then I started playing faster. But at first, it was very <laughs> here, tough at first. Here's a ground ball to short. Mooney has the throws to first. That's just in time to RCF for the out. We'll stay here real quickly in between innings. Uh, you make it to Alabama, as you mentioned, and you mentioned all the different talent that was on the field. And even at your position, it was tough for you to see the field early on your first couple of years there. Yeah, man, we had great guys down in front of me. We had T.J. Young and Kenyon Drake, who definitely are the lead. Now, T.J. Young is playing for the yeah. Jaguars. Kenyon Drake is... Uh, in Miami, so they're both in Florida, my home state. But um, you know, these guys are uh, very good and very good at what they do. And, you know, we're still talking about like brothers and stuff. And this past year in 2015, you're really the feature back. And uh, just even going into that season, how much motivation was there from falling in the uh, playoff the year before to Ohio State? There was a lot of motivation. That game, that game really hurt us. You know, we wanted to uh, make sure that next year that we made a statement and get what we all wanted or what we all came there for is the national championship. And, you know, we, we didn't want nobody to stop us. And, you know, it was a blessing for us to win that national championship. That was a big goal for us and uh, a dream of mine. So, you know, it was just all the best thing I thought about. Is there any game from your Alabama career that really stands out as your best game in your mind? Um... You know, I don't really, I don't really like to say my best game. I let let people decide that, choose on that. But you know, every game that I played in was always fun. And you know, when it, when you get to deal with people that you have blood, sweat, and tears with day in and day out, is always a great. How about emotionally? What was the one that just meant a lot? Because you guys, of course, have so many big rivalry games: Tennessee, Auburn, the SEC championship. I'll probably say. I think the national championship just because that's something that every team does that plays football, plays college football, and plus to be there and be in that moment playing that game and actually winning, man, it was just so surreal. And I was just so thankful for everything. And now, of course, you're a member of a very select fraternity, uh, of course, being a Heisman Trophy winner. And I understand you've been already getting ready for the Heisman House. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, I've been there shooting, shooting, shooting commercials for the, uh, the Heisman House. Uh, got to see a couple of legends, guys I grew up knowing and watching. And T-Bone was actually this. We hung out, so it was good. And were you a fan of his? Yeah, definitely a fan of his. Yeah. I was a Florida friend growing up, and he was a big part of that. Absolutely. We start now on the bottom of the third inning with the Wahoos leading the Suns by a 5 nothing score. And, of course, we're visiting with Derrick Henry, a 2015 Heisman Trophy winner. And uh, for you, the speech you gave that night in New York, what did it mean to just say thank you to so many people that had helped you get to that point? Yeah, it was definitely important. You know, I always wanted to thank the people that helped me get to where I am today and just show, t- tell them how much it meant to me and I wouldn't be there without them and make sure that it was a special moment for everybody just just to enjoy. And then reach out to the kids, the kids that uh, look up to you, the kids that want the same thing and have that same drive. Just let them know that all they do is chase their dream and always pray and 
I'm saying God's listening. And, you know, he'll take you anywhere you want to go. Absolutely. Francisco Garcia strikes out to begin the inning as we visit with Derek Henry. And what kind of bond do you have with the other Heisman finalists you had with you last year in New York? Um, you know, we, uh, I just seen Christian McCaffrey in L.A. at the Estimates. You know, we were talking. You know, me and him were very cool. Deshaun Watson, I don't really get to see him that much, but we talk on social media whenever we get a chance. So I reach out to him whenever I can. Absolutely. So now, drafted by the Tennessee Titans, uh, how much time you spent in Nashville getting ready for this upcoming year? Oh, you know, when I got in, we, had, uh, we actually got in a week before, uh, well, the week of um, minicamp. and got a couple of good days in just so before we went out there with minicamp, we were ready to go. And OTAs, vet minicamp, and you know, then we had to stay a week after before we went on break. So it's been good. It's a smooth transition. You know, um, just trying to get acclimated to everything. We've got great vets who try to help us out, make sure we know everything so we can go out there and fire around and play fast and know what we're doing. But, you know, just trying to find a place, get acclimated, <laughs> just so, you know, I'm, I'm settled when, it's, when the season comes around. Absolutely. you got training camp coming up. Now, what's it going to mean to you when you get to come back to Jacksonville and get to play right across the street at Everbank Field for the first Man, time? I'm going to be excited. I'm going to play in that field. You're playing in front of my hometown crowd. You know, I know Everbank is going to be loud. And, you know, the Jaguar fans are excited for this season. They had a great job class. And, you know, we're very excited for our season, too, because uh, IGM did a great job during the draft. So it's going to be fun when they play here in December. You gonna trade jerseys with Yeldon after the game? I probably will. Yeah, I probably will do something like that. <laughs> Did you guys do very much of that in college, or did you have to hang on to the jerseys? Yeah, yeah, all you time? can do that in college. Yeah. Hey, God, hey, but that's what everyone in the NFL does. Everybody though. does that. <laughs> Is there anybody in particular you want to do that with? I was just going to say we play Adrian Peterson in the first game, and I'm going to run to him and make sure I get his jersey. <laughs> Here's Cam Marin fouling that off. Still three and two. 5-0 Blue Wahoos lead. We're in the bottom of the third inning as we continue to visit with Derek Henry here on the Suns Baseball Network. He threw out the first pitch tonight, a Suns bobblehead, and him in his high school uniform doing the Heisman pose as well. Now you mentioned going to the ESPYs. What was that event like? Oh, that was fun. You know, you got to see a lot of great stars. Team Kobe Bryant, Mark. one of my favorite athletes of all time. I didn't even know what to say when he passed by me, but you know, it was just good to be out there and see that scenery and you know, be in the moment. Cam Marin draws a walk, so now he'll be aboard. We're in the bottom of the third inning with the Wahoos leading 5 nothing. Well, Derek, we know you got your friends and family here, and you want to certainly celebrate the night with them, but we really appreciate you joining us here on the Suns Baseball Network. A great job on the first pitch. Again, better than what we saw from Malik Jackson in place for the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, thank you all. Thank you all for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you all are holding this event for me. And that's a great, it's a great atmosphere here for the Suns. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. Thank you. That was Derek Henry of the Tennessee Titans now, and, of course, he won a national championship last year at Alabama and the Heisman Trophy winner from last year. Great to see Derrick Henry here at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville. A Heisman Trophy winner, Derrick Henry, joining us on the Suns Baseball Network and getting to play that interview here on the podcast Best wishes to Derrick Henry, even if he is playing for the Tennessee Titans, the interdivision rival of my Jacksonville Jaguars. Coming up, we got to get ready for baseball. A lot coming up this weekend between the Jacksonville Suns and the Mississippi Braves. We have a lot of exciting things coming up on the podcast, so make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes. That way you can get episodes fast and delivered right to your smartphone. Also, episodes available on SoundCloud and Stitcher and always at RiverCityRogue.com and check out the other great podcasts they have on the River City Rogue Podcast Network. But thank you for listening to this episode, and it's hard to believe we are 10 episodes into this point of the Roger Hoover Podcast, but we'll have a lot coming up 
towards the end of the baseball season and in the offseason as well. So until next time, play the waltz, Roy. I remember the night and the Tennessee waltz. Only you know how much I have lost. Yes, I lost my little darling the night they were playing that beautiful 